This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. Welcome to episode number two of the UU Perspective, where we provide weekly interviews with today's most inspiring Unitarian Universalists. Again, I'm Sharon Merrill, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and a member of the Unitarian Universalist Society of Cleveland. This show is going to focus on UU sharing their involvement in the community and the impact that they are making through their passion to make a difference. You'll hear what they've discovered in their journey, what they've done and how they've made a difference, and the impact they hope to see for the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations from your fellow UUs around the world. So this is a little different interview in which I did live, and so these are kind of raw a raw interview that you know you're going to hear the dishes clatter and and things in the background that uh, are just kind of natural to the conversation and I did these during our weekend event called Winter Institute it's a spin-off of the Ohio Meadville Summer Institute which is a family church camp which is a week long in the summer but just over the uh President's Weekend in February for Winter Institute. And there were about 70 people there. And so I chose uh, several different people to interview that weekend. And two of them, Amber and Luke Scott, brother and sister who have been UUs all their lives, I thought would be interesting uh, interviewing them as young adults and how they've participated in the past and kind of the effect that growing up UU has had on them. And it was very fun to have the conversation with them. And so let's hear what uh, they have to say. So here is Amber and Luke. Okay, UUs, let's get started. I'm excited to introduce my guests today, Amber and Luke Scott. And I've already given everyone uh, some information, given you guys information and an overview uh, about them. But let's have uh, Amber and Luke, will you guys say a little bit more, take a minute and tell everyone about yourself and maybe your involvement in the UU community. Who wants to start? I can start. Um, I live in Columbus, Ohio, and I am active on the Summer Institute Planning Committee in the Ohio Meadville District. I also often help to plan or have other leadership roles with OPUS, which is a continental UU young adult retreat that's actually happening in Ohio this summer. Oh, cool. All right, Luke? Great. Thank you, Sharon. Yep, I'm Luke. I am Amber's younger brother. I also live in Columbus. We're both Buckeyes, so we both stuck around in Columbus after that. But uh, my current involvement in the UU community, I think um, right now I'm in a little bit less of an active situation than Amber, but um, I definitely consider myself a community member uh, and definitely take advantage of more of the less formal and social UU situations with other people my age. So I, I guess that's community members maybe a good description of how I consider my role now. Okay, and you guys, you're, I'm representing you guys as young adults, mm-hmm. and how old are you guys? I'm 28. 
Okay. I'm 25. Okay. And you guys have grown up in a family of Yu-Gi-Oh's. So, and I want to talk a little bit about that, and then Amber, after you mentioning you're involved in, in SI and stuff, Summer Institute, we'll, we'll go a little bit into that too. So, how is it growing up in a family as you use, just being that's what it is to start off with? Well, I would say um, probably the main thing that I've noticed uh, about the way that I grew up in our family as opposed to experiences that I've heard other people my age talk about with their family is that um, as with the denomination at large, I feel that our parents were very supportive and encouraging us to uh, have our own opinions about things, kind of seek out, you know, our own versions of truth. And there was always a lot of support for that when we were growing up. Kind of exploring that in a way? You were able to kind of freely explore um, <clears throat> different ideas and things like that? Yeah, I would say so. And I think a good example of that in action in our family, too, is that um, our dad, Jim, is very boisterous and he's very active at the Kent Church but our mom is a little bit um, quieter, doesn't necessarily want to do as many group activities. So when we were younger, she explored doing Buddhist meditation practice and kind of doing a lot of that stuff on her own. And it was acceptable both to be in a congregation, very active on committees, or not to be. <laughs> yeah. Luke? Yeah, I'd, um, I think I would echo some of Amber's statements and definitely freedom a lot of freedom that's a word i put emphasis on uh, freedom of discovery freedom of discussion with your re teachers growing up and i know i think that's so unique to unitarian universalism the freedom and i think because of that what you do as a kid or as a youth young adult puts you very much on the same page as you know what our, my dad might be doing also that it's just the personal journey and growth and mm -hmm. freedom um, rather than like you know being indoctrinated and trying to like make it to full member or you know uh -huh. confirmed confirmed you you it's not like that I think it's, it's just cool that there's the you're on the same page as everybody else yeah. And how did it compare? Like, I mean, I don't even know if you had these discussions, um, like, say, in school and stuff, knowing people were involved in other religions. I mean, were you guys questioned at all about your beliefs or anything? Or did you come up against that at all? Or just wasn't, didn't exist, really? I would say something that I noticed about growing up UU was that as a young person, I had the privilege of talking a lot about social justice and what that type of work looks like. So in a lot of my classes, I studied art education in college. We talked a lot about social justice related issues. And for some people, it was really their first introduction into those topics when we were college students. But I kind of already had that background information because it was something we were talking about in our youth groups and at youth conferences already. So you were able to bring that subject up and talk about it easily because of that, because of the introduction just naturally inside of the church anyways, because we're kind of always having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
Um, I think growing up, one of the, I don't think I ever got questioned or interrogated about my beliefs, but if it did come up, I would find a lot of the time that people would be like, oh, what's that? Unitarian Universalist? In Ohio, I think of maybe... Um, on the East Coast, maybe it would be more common for people to know and say, oh, okay, I, you're a UU, I know that. But um, definitely growing up in Ohio, I think there was a little bit more explaining mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, but, you know, then there were also the rare times where maybe you'd have your chalice shirt on at school and somebody would call you out, like one of my good friends, Colleen, in fourth grade. She moved. She and her family moved from Rhode Island, and she said, "There's this kid at school. He had a chalice shirt on." So I don't. You know, there are rare exceptions, um, rare exceptions to that. So, yeah, how, cool. so how do you guys explain what UU is to somebody, especially when you're younger, if they asked, "What was your definition?" Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's easy. I think as a young person, to you know, lean on the seven principles and explain that. Um, Were you doing that in fourth grade, though? I know, not in fourth <laughs> grade. That was a little... How'd you explain yeah. it in fourth grade? <laughs> yeah, in fourth grade. Well, we always had the, I don't know if you want to call it a covenant or just our chalice lighting at, um, at the Kent Church was always, we're the church of the open mind, we're the church of the helping hands, we're the church of the loving heart. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that's an easy way to explain it. Um, I think with broad painting broadly. Mm-hmm. Was that the same for you, Amber? Did you come across that at all? I, I mean, I don't know if I really had the opportunity to explain things um, like in elementary school to other people, but uh, a lot of times what I focus on when trying to describe it to other people is that you're encouraged to find spiritual beliefs and practices that are meaningful to you. And it's okay for those beliefs and practices to be different than other you use, since we're all sort of on a journey together, um, finding spiritual, spiritual time and community. Okay. And where are you guys, like, say, on the spectrum? I mean, we can have, you can be a pagan, you can still be a Catholic, you can believe in God, you can, you know, you got all different, you know, beliefs. Where are you guys? What would you do? Would you define yourself as any, like, humanist or atheist Hmm. or anything? Or have you not yet? (laughs) I don't think I define myself in any of those categories. Just um, pretty strictly consider myself Unitarian Universalist and leave it at that. Um, Maybe that's part of growing up going to the UU church, just identifying strongly with that label, just UU. Uh, And I'd say, but personally, I'd say I believe very strongly in connections between people, uh, just on a personal note. Yeah, yeah. Amber? I would say I'm not uh, super strict about labeling myself. which is to say, I mean, perhaps like if people ask, I can have a philosophical discussion with them rather than just relying on mm-hmm. one or two words. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have strong humanist le- leanings. I actually work, uh, one of my jobs, I work for the nonprofit Secular Student Alliance. So I'm around 
atheist types a lot who aren't UUs, and it's interesting to kind of see, like, where the interconnections are there, like, where there's overlap or not. Cool, yeah. So, it really, I mean, that makes sense to you guys, having grown up UU, that that is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to work with the definitions that a lot of people do coming into the faith mm-hmm. from somewhere else. So I think that's really cool. It's just, it's an all natural thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, homegrown you, you. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me about any um, projects that you guys have worked on uh, that, was, that were meaningful to you and what kind of the impact was for you and other people. Mm-hmm. Well, one particular project that comes to mind um, at Opus with the Continental Young Adult spiritual retreat there was one year that it was at a camp in Illinois and we did service together the whole camp went off site and we went and worked at the Medewin Prairie Restoration area so different people worked on different tasks some people collected seeds from prairie plants other people uh, tilled ground for plants that were coming in And I think doing that all together as a community and then reflecting on it afterwards was very meaningful for us. What what impact did you see from that on um, the community itself? Not just you as a community, but outside of yourselves. Did you see anything? Well, I think at that particular site, there's just always work to be done. And it was interesting uh, going there since obviously not all of us were from Illinois. Uh, use young who are young adults come from all over the country, Canada. Occasionally, we get a few UU Brits who come to Opus, so it was really interesting to learn about the site and kind of learn about the ecology there that they're working to restore, and just to like lend a helping hand to do something that's really concrete. Yeah, what's Opus stand for? It doesn't stand for anything. Doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> it's actually it's not a UU acronym. <laughs> oh, okay. No acronym. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Luke, what about you? I think that personally, I'm I'm very proud of and look back fondly on my years in the YRUU, young, what is it, young religious UUs on a district level uh, while I was a youth. Uh I think being involved in the Summer Institute Planning Committee for, um, what do we call it, the Youth Panel, that just being involved in that, um, also seeing how the district-wide, what is it, YAC, Youth Adult Committee, and planning, that's the sort of the body of youth that they plan the district-wide conferences, mm-hmm. including the social act what is it, Social Action Conference, the SAC mm-hmm. or SACCon, people call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think being involved in those projects and getting a really good foundation in how the democratic process looks and works in a community of UUs, uh, then implementing large district-wide events to me, that was very formative. A lot of leadership development potential. And as a young person, I think that's just very you know foundational. And I think that's information and experiences that I went on and used in my 
student groups in college um, that you know help shape me now as a person mm -hmm. so that's something that you know it's not as concrete of an example as amber but you know the summation of all of those different projects by the you know my involvement in being a youth in yeah you, you had a lot of leadership skills that were developed through all of that yeah really, it sounds like mm -hmm. and it carried through into school and everything into college and that yes and yeah. what what are you doing now now uh, I'd say right now I'm sort of at that transitional period a lot of young people go through after mm -hmm. college and in your first you know one or two early jobs so I haven't been very involved in any UU projects recently um, but I mentioned earlier I like to be a community member or I consider myself mm -hmm. like that so sometimes the young adults in Columbus there's a group of people who will organize young adult potlucks every mm -hmm. few months um, and that, that may include some discussion topics so I'll try to go to those when those happen um, and just stay in contact with my friends from my time in the youth program okay mm -hmm. so do you but I um, I was thinking did those uh, leadership mm. roles help in any way to get you you know some of the jobs that you had has it has it helped you in that area I think so um, maybe it's been long enough where it's hard to make more direct connections sure but sure definitely participating in the youth program I think confidence is a big thing that it builds because mm -hmm. you start with a community of acceptance and love and then mm -hmm. that gives you the opportunity to take risks yeah um, safe risks right? yeah be a leader if you you know haven't been a leader that you know that's an example of a risk is mm -hmm. maybe you lead a small group discussion or you lead a workshop mm -hmm. at a con and then it builds from there and so i think just by participating building confidence that you know was the foundation for being more of an effective presenter and I actually mm. you know one example during school I was a teaching assistant on a course that was all about presentation skills and okay. um, <laughs> you know leadership skills so that could be so you got to share that with other people yeah then. so I got to share that cool and maybe you can't tie it directly to <clears throat> you you but I you know it's a foundation well, yeah, you got yeah. the foundation mm -hmm. inside of that. Yeah, you got a gr great training, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Amber, you're doing now. You're still working with the Summer Institute Committee now, or is that true? Yes. Okay. I'm in my third year on the Summer Institute Planning Committee, so this will be my my last year serving in that capacity, at least for now. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you get to do, being in that committee? Oh, a little bit of everything. Um, the committee is made up of nine members, and it's set up so that there's three people in their first year, three in their second, and three in their third year each year. So it's like a continuously rotating committee. So there's people with experience and people who are learning there together. But yeah, we do a little bit of everything uh, from trying to anticipate the programming and logistical needs of the Summer Institute community to 
interacting with the staff of Oberlin or whatever our site is for Summer Institute. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting and um, we are always combining different skill sets from different members. So when the committee thinks about who to bring on as a new member, they always consider what types of skills could this person bring to the table. And what were the skills they chose in you to be part of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, it really is kind of wrapped up in the leadership things that Luke was mentioning, mm -hmm. which is to say that I <clears throat> was active as a youth in the district and also as a young adult. So before I served on the Summer Institute Planning Committee, I was a part of the Young Adult Panel, which is just a little subcommittee of the Planning Committee, and I helped to plan and implement programming for the Young Adult Program at Summer Institute. So I think they got to see me in action there as a leader and also just as a friendly person in the community who's a good face for Summer Institute. Okay, very cool. Um, what do you think has, has ever been your biggest challenge uh, as a UU, and how did you <clears throat> overcome that? How did you work through that? Luke? I think one of the things that I thought of, um, that, well, that I think that question makes me think of, is very early as a youth, having, so to say, the veil lifted or taken away from your eyes of, okay, the world's not a perfect place, there is oppression and there is, you know, there's institutionalized racism. There's these problems that I think as a child and maybe growing up a different way wouldn't have been exposed to me. And uh, like very clearly in my mind, there was a, you know, youth retreat or some kind of a meeting where we had a discussion that rocked my world where I thought, oh my gosh, how have I been blind to these overt examples of power inequality? And that was something that I think was interesting to grapple with, mm -hmm. but I'm very glad that I had to. And um, it's given me better perspective, motivation for justice and really dealt with you know learning about that and all in the exposure yeah. by through you know intellectual discussion in the youth and young adult programs mm -hmm. uh, you know and just the community but you know mostly by learning I think is how that type of a <laughs> yeah challenge how you deal with that learning more and seeing what you can do to get involved yeah, so it defined it so that you could take a stand for whatever mm -hmm. you wanted to, to work with, towards or work with. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you remember how, how old you were when that happened? Let me think. I was probably still in junior high, so probably mm -hmm. seventh or eighth grade. Okay. That mm -hmm. makes sense. Because that's yeah. about the time that at that age you discover that there's another world. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not, not just to... your little hometown. It's right. not just, Yeah. Cool. Amber? I would say something that seems to challenge you use on a continual basis is when 
our beliefs are challenged maybe by someone whose beliefs are different um, and remembering to be able to respect the inherent worth and dignity of other people even if their beliefs aren't something that we agree with. Mm -hmm. Have you had to come across that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think in small or large ways we all have. You know, it can be anything from you have a coworker who's not very compassionate or doesn't understand certain aspects of diversity or it could be you know like a politician introduces legislation Mm -hmm. that you really don't agree with and trying to figure out how to disagree but still like respect that person as a person Mm -hmm. right exactly yeah who would you say is has been the most inspiring person in your lives it could be a writer it could be it could be a family member it could be Mm -hmm. anybody yeah, I, um, I think about. I think about our grandfather quite a bit. Uh huh. He is not UU. He's Catholic, but uh, his willingness to give back and to give uh, to good causes and you know the betterment of humanity and just his loving, loving heart. As well as success as a, a business person, since I'm in the business field. Those are all things I admire in him. But um, really, I think the just the impact that he's made on others, and mm-hmm. that's something that I really respect. Cool. Amber? It's definitely hard to choose. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you can that's say a more than question, one. right? You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I could name somebody that like has continued to inspire me over the course of my life because that might require a little bit more time to think about it. But in an immediate sense, I would say I'm continually inspired by other UU young adults. And in particular, there are many UU young adults who are either currently seminarians or activists in some form. So I, I personally know a few people who are either trying to create contemporary worship that's new and different and responsive to the needs of different types of communities within Unitarian Universalism, as well as people who are doing more concrete things like stopping a train that's carrying coal out of an economically depressed area. So that's it, cool. It's also funny that... Um, you say that because I was thinking in the back of my head, I was thinking, but my peers are really where I draw a lot of inspiration. And I think growing up and going through youth and young adult programs, just your peers in those projects and activities you're participating in, those, my peers always gave me inspiration. Amber gave me inspiration. I don't know if, Maybe I would have been as involved if she hadn't been before me, so. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. What what do you think, because what you just said triggered a question, what do you think the future needs of UUs are going to be? Because you're talking about the people who are in seminary now, and I've had Casey Slack as someone we interviewed that's at uh, Starking, and it's interesting the things that she's come across and it's a different perspective from the young adults now who are coming in mm-hmm. to you know 
whether they're going to be ministers or whatever they're going to um, take part in, the UU societies, what, what do you see are going to be our needs in the future? I think maybe just diversity of worship experiences and other community experiences within our congregations. What's that mean? Well, a good example is maybe not everyone wants a traditional like Sunday sermon service. Uh, so occasionally, that's, me. You that's know, why like, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. So some churches will do things like they might have a soulful sundown service that's more musically focused or if they have a pagan group at their congregation, they might have, you know, some solstice related activities for that. So I think just being responsive as our uh, congregants change and remembering, you know, some people were raised UU, some people are coming from a different faith tradition, maybe their needs are different, maybe people of different ages have needs that are different and kind of navigating that. Cool. What do you see? I see more of a need for, well, I love social media, but I think I maybe see more of a need for more personal connectedness okay. in, you know, body and spirit in person. I'm not sure how that looks exactly, but um, I find, you know, as much time as I spend on my phone, it is nice to drop it for an evening, go to a potluck or something of that nature, work on those personal connections, get a little bit more intellectual. Uh, so I could see more of that need as <laughs> social media continues to take up more time in, in our busy lives. Creating that community in person, keeping mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. going and... and uh getting especially for the young adults and the millennials who who that is the computer mm -hmm. and everything that's mm -hmm. how we work how yeah they, how they work but so. on the flip side maybe maybe social media is also a tool to connectedness for people who can't do you know can't form community in person yes or it initiates yeah you know getting to to uh come together in mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. that's how you're going to create that especially worldwide yeah. That's yeah. the best way to do it. What do you see your future roles to be? If you were to look, um, let's go 10 years down the way, where are you going to be inside of the UU community? You can make it up, even if it's not <laughs> going to happen. Where would you like to see yourselves? <laughs> President of UUA. No. <laughs> we're coming for you, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe a role that's related to youth programs would be something that I would like to do since that was something that was so instrumental when I was growing up, you know, being either a youth group advisor or in some other aspect contributing to that. Mm -hmm. I could see being involved in, well, First of all, since I'm not technically a member <laughs> right now of any congregation, I could see you know being an actual committed member, uh, mm -hmm. but also maybe being involved on like a, a church board someday. It's something that our father is very involved in at Kent. Um, 
And I think there's enrichment in being involved in those, you know, governing bodies within within our congregation. So maybe that someday. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure. Maybe religious education. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. All right. And do you have a quote that uh, you kind of go by or inspires you? I like one by John Muir a lot uh-huh. because I spent some time out west in Yosemite National Park. And it's sort of a long quote, but I'll read the whole quote. Yeah, read it. Okay, he says, Another glorious Sierra day in which one seems to be dissolved and absorbed and sent pulsing onward we know not where. Life seems neither long nor short, and we take no more heed to save time or make haste than do the trees and stars. This is true freedom, a good practical sort of immortality. And that quote speaks to me because I think not only is it a great meta or a great um, summary or not summary, but a great embodiment of what it is to go into the wild and enjoy nature take a hike but I think it's also a good metaphor for life and living in the moment Uh, you know he says he says we take no more heed to save time or make haste so um, I'm a very very much a person who lives in the moment and I like to experience what I'm doing when I'm doing it without focusing on you know what has already happened or what I need to do later later so Um, That gives me some inspiration. Yeah, totally being present to the moment. Yes, exactly. Cool. Amber? We have a very musical family on our dad's side of the family, and one of the things that happens a lot at our family gatherings is like a folk music jam Mm -hmm. with, you know, voices raised in song and various instruments. And a particular song that has lyrics that strike me is the song Thanksgiving Eve by Bob Frank. And the chorus goes, what can you do with your days but work and hope? Let your dreams bind your work to your play. What can you do with each moment of your life but love till you've loved it away? And I found that to be a very meaningful passage for me and something that over the past couple of years has kind of guided me as a young adult I think I'm searching for, you know, work experiences like employment and other ways that I spend my time that I can feel good about and that I feel are meaningful. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. And then I have uh, one last question that I like to ask to everyone. And it is, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society. I think one of the things that I've taken from being UU is tolerance and very much being go with the flow. And really what that translates into is adaptability. I think as a denomination, we're very adaptable. We use the democratic process, so it's possible for change to happen. And because of that, Our faith is fluid and can respond to the needs of present day 
um, you know, we live in the moment. We 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 act. We don't. We don't. You know, we act and make change when we need it. Um, and it's possible just the way that we're set up. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm pretty excited about with Unitarian Universalism is that I think we have a great potential to work with other groups in order to uh, create common good. So whether that's working with interfaith organizations in order to pursue a social justice cause I think Unitarian Universalism, perhaps more so than some other denominations as well, set up to celebrate differences rather than trying to ameliorate differences. So I think that's something that we have potential for. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank both of you, Amber and Luke. Uh, this has been really great, very inspiring, and great to hear from you know the young adults in, in our UU society. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us on the UU Perspective Podcast. Thanks to our supporters, young adults, old adults, and anyone in between. Take a moment and please go to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to the UU Perspective Podcast. And please leave a review. Let us know what you think. Do you like it? What don't you like? Tell us who you'd like to hear from or any topics of interest that you might have. So again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.